I'm not worried about my salvation. Uh, my salvation has been won for me in Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't worry. What I do is I focus on allowing God to wash over me and to bring myself naked before the naked God. As I think St. Francis said, I stand naked before the naked God uh, and allow him to transform me at his pace Yes, into more and more who I was created to be. And in that way, the more I become who I was created to, me, to be, the more Christ-like I become. Well, hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, bringing you another conversation about this, our daily task of growing an imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And again, we're a network of converts to the Catholic Church and people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. And again, we have people at so many stages of the journey. I'm meeting with somebody next week who's just beginning to ask questions, whereas we have converts who have been in the church for years and they're still kind of finding their place, learning to think like a Catholic, learning how to be Catholic, how to be in this this big old messy church of ours. But wherever you are on the journey, day to day, the, the main primary fundamental task remains the same, and that is to walk with the Lord. Walk humbly with our God, as it says in that, that great verse from Micah that I'm sure we've read at some point in this series. We walk humbly with our God. That'll come up today because hum- humility is an important piece of our discussion today. We're continuing, Brother Rex and I, by the way, Brother Rex is here. Good to see you again, Brother Rex. Good to see Joining you. Me again here. We are continuing our study of the spirituality of the 12 steps of recovery. It's been an awesome conversation thus far. And today we're continuing with step seven. And Brother Rex, you had a, a scripture that you thought would be a good la- launching off point for this step today. So why don't you begin us with that? Indeed. Thank you. Um, yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, the, so the step seven is that we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. Now, we know we know what our shortcomings are because we've, we've been doing some internal work, some um, interior investigating of uh, those things that are keeping us uh, from being um, in right relationship with God, with other people, and with ourselves. And today, uh, because of that word humility— uh, in that step, we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. It brought to mind one of my favorite stories, and that one is in uh, Luke, the story of the uh, Pharisee and the publican that Jesus told. So I think I'm just going to read that story. It's only a few verses. So if that's Sounds okay good. with you. Um, so this is from Luke chapter uh, 18, verses 9 through uh, and following, through uh, 14, 9 through 14. <clears throat> He, Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man 
when went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Such a such a beautiful parable and such a just sort of turns our world uh, the way we understand it uh, on its head, <clears throat> or maybe it turns it right side up. Yeah, uh, because we're living in a world that's uh, upside down because of the fall. So that's what brings the humility to my mind is the Pharisee, the the the, the good people, the good person standing there saying, "Thank you, God, that uh, you have saved me from all of these. I'm not like these people." And uh, yeah. the publican says. Uh, thank you for having have mercy on me, a sinner, and that to yeah. me is just the epitome of humility. It it seems like it, it is the epitome of humility, and it seems like part of what we've been zeroing in on in this study is how that that sort of humility with regards to to Christ is kind of at the heart of the gospel, mm-hmm. and it's perhaps at the heart of the gospel in a way. That even, again, we who've maybe been living out the gospel or trying to for many years, maybe it's a piece of it that we haven't fully lived out or fully grasped or fully wrestled with yet, which is at the heart of the gospel is this turning point of humility where we no longer count ourselves among the righteous. That's like this great irony that seems to run through the gospels of, of this comparison between the righteous and the sinners. And I came for the sinners and there are some people that think that they're in the righteous camp <laughs> and and then, and the more the deeper you go, you realize, oh wait, there's not really two camps. Uh-huh. There's just uh-huh. those who have made the step of humility, yeah. and those who have not yet done so. Yeah. And it's a crucial step, you know. And that's again from the beginning of these twelve steps uh, up until now. It seems like that's one of the differences here is that this is this is a proposing a uh, a mental, spiritual, social exercise whereby we really wrestle with that keystone of the gospel this question of humility with regards to God and, and other people and ourselves. You know, what? who am I really? Who is God really? And at least the question, the, the answer to the first question is that I am I am powerless. My life is unmanageable. Like fundamentally, I am weak. And even when I do good, I don't really know why I do good. It's only because, mm-hmm. gosh, God gave me the grace that day and somehow I was able to. Um, and it's only by leaning more into that grace that I'm able to do anything good at all. The humility towards God, the truth about God is that he is this divine physician. He wants to heal us, but we can't receive that healing unless we want it, unless we think we actually need it. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's a, yeah. the paradox is that the, the moment that I uh, get enough humility in that first step to admit uh, mm-hmm. that I'm powerless, this 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 it's this paradox that, that comes <clears throat> once I admit my weakness— uh, a power begins to come in my life, and that that yeah. it doesn't come from me; it comes from something external to me. Though living within me, as as the scripture would say, you know, God is closer to us than we are to ourselves. <clears throat> and uh, it, it's a it's just it's baffling to me. I was thinking this morning as I was preparing for this little bit, praying about it, how um, how utterly countercultural living the Christian life in the Catholic context is. Uh, and and we see it, it materializes, uh, if that's the right word, it takes on flesh in these 12 steps, right? That I, it's, it's like the, the, uh, the uh, prayer as, uh, ascribed to St. Francis, right? I get by giving, I live by dying, I, I, um, I win by losing. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's just a, 
a curious, a curious way of doing business with the world. And that's one of the ways that I've heard it described, you know, recovery uh, using the 12 step model. Recovery is changing the way that we do business with the world. And I think that's mm-hmm. what it means for us as Catholic Christians is that uh, in order to live the life of Jesus or allow Jesus to live his life through us, it's all about changing the way by grace, changing the way that I do business with the world. Sort of an offhanded way of saying changing the way I relate to God, to other people, and to myself. And to myself, and that's what this step is about, right? I humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings, these things that are standing in my way of right relationship uh, with with the world around me. Mm-hmm. This past Sunday, so uh, amongst our our five going on six kids, we got a stomach bug going around, and so there's been lots of extra. Hmm, what do we want to say? Bodily fluids and and wastes and messes to clean up the, the past week. And it got to Sunday morning, and we decided to split up masses. You know, my wife and I would go to a different mass so we wouldn't take the kids uh, this particular Sunday. So I had a an unexpectedly, unusually quiet mass to myself. Um, and for whatever reason, that particular day, again, thinking in the midst of this of this twelve step discussion we've been having, um, and I haven't fully written out my my fifth step yet. Right, that was the fifth step, but. As we discuss these, lots of lots of stuff has been in my mind, my wounds, my my sins, things in my past that I I, I need to, to bring up and bring to the Lord. And in that context, in this quiet mass to myself, I kind of spent the mass thinking about, we talked about this a little bit last time, thinking about the Eucharist, again, as this sacramental gift that the Lord has given us, where where we know, we can be confident that he shows up in this very unique way to nourish us, to feed us. To, to heal us with his own divine life in this very unique way. And so with that thought in mind at the beginning of the Mass, I kind of spent the Mass saying, okay, well, I, how, I can make this Mass a bit, of a, a bit of a seventh step here. Like, Lord, I have all these things in my mind I've been thinking about, and I want to I I bring them to the front of my mind. I really want to give them to you, Lord. You know, the wounds, the mm-hmm. sins, the frustrations, the fears, as well as the desires. I want to put them all out there, Lord, and in a new way, with this Eucharist, with this reception of your body and blood today, I, I want to be healed mm. in a new way. I want, I want you to take these defects away from me. And I didn't have a two-by-four knocked-off-the-horse experience or the light coming out of the clouds, but it was a very profound um, experience of the sacraments. I received mm. the Eucharist, and I sat there. And even after Mass was over, I sat there for about 20 minutes just in a more peaceful place than I'd been for a long time, just content to be in the Lord's presence mm. For a, a, for a time, my hopes and my fears, my desires, you know, were sort of quelled and I was able to just be there with the Lord. And it was a great gift. And I actually kind of spent the rest of the day, even though as I went back out into my active life, at a place of greater just kind of peaceful presence with the Lord, whatever I was doing. And so, again, even that, that little experience, again, it, it showed me a little bit of the power of this process where I was able to, in a, in a new way that I hadn't been before, I was able to bring my wounds to the Lord mm-hmm. and humbly ask for him to work his power, for him mm. to, to heal mm. me. And I experienced mm. some of that. And so, but it, it, again, thinking of it in the context of the greater sacramental life, it made me realize more and more that that's, that's what our sacramental life as Catholics needs to be about, is that we have these places of real power that the Lord has given us in the sacraments. But it's a, it's a process of like going through this process mm-hmm. of making ourselves really ready to receive mm-hmm. what the Lord wants to give mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that word process is so important to me. One of the things that I appreciate mm-hmm. about being a Catholic Christian is that we understand that this this um, uh, this journey it is that it's a journey to wholeness, right? Right. And the salvation uh, brought to me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a journey of me receiving that by grace, yeah. uh, a little bit at a time. Uh, day by day. And I, I've said this before in this series, you know, the, the church says that the sacrament of the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our life as Christians. The source and the summit. There's a lot of space between the source and the summit. And we walk right. that journey. It's not, uh, it's not, it's just the way, it, it, it's just the way that the world works. Right, I have yeah. to practice. I have to practice learning how to play baseball. I have to practice learning how to fly fish. I have to practice the spiritual life by grace, uh, given to me through Christ in a special way in the sacraments, so that I can walk uh, this this journey. Of uh, I'm not worried about my salvation. Uh, my salvation has been won for me in Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't worry. What I do is I focus on allowing God to wash over me and to bring myself naked before the naked God. As I think St. Francis said, I stand naked before the naked God uh, and allow him to transform me at his pace Yes, into more and more who I was created to be. And in that way, the more I become who I was created to, me, to be, the more Christ-like I become. I don't come. I don't become less who Brother Rex is. I become more, because the one who created me is continually transforming me into Himself. Now that sounds a little wee wee wee, wee New Agey, but uh, that's just the reality. If one reads this, the Gospels, uh, you say, "My goodness gracious!" You know, uh, uh, you will do even greater things than I. Jesus said, "I'm like what? I, I don't know. I don't even want to go there." But my point is that this process of humbly coming before our Lord and asking Him to remove our shortcomings is itself a great, great uh, gift from the Lord. Yeah. And the other thing that you said as you were, I mean, made me think of as you were leaving church, um, that you didn't, you know, it's a process. And you didn't become, you know, spiritual all at once. Uh, um I've humbly, if I humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings, God may m- remove a shortcoming immediately. I right. may go before the Lord during Eucharistic adoration, say, Lord, remove, remove this, whatever this is from me, and the Lord does it. On the other hand, th- it may take some time right. for any variety of reasons. Either uh, it might be, um, my point is this it might be because God needs to use my shortcoming. To help you become more holy, yeah, right. God's mm-hmm. not holding. I've already asked God to remove my X, Y, or Z. That's shortcoming, and God is going to do that. Uh, God's like, yeah, but you need to run into so and so first because so and so really struggles with people who are like you, and so I need to give this opportunity <laughs> to so and so to you know to work my grace through her or him. That's that just seems to me, in my experience anyway, the way that the right. spiritual journey unfolds. Yeah, we, we don't know the reasons why why it, it's a process, uh, and and we should only very gently speculate about them. 
but the reality that we can become more convicted of is that whatever the reasons might be in God's infinite wisdom, it is in his providence that the process, that it takes the time it takes. It takes as long and as that's it part, takes. That's, that's, that's part of the whole process is that I, I, I want to desire in a more, I, I want to I have this, this holy hope uh, and desire for God and whatever he wants to give in whatever timing he wants to give. Like I, being Catholic, being Christian is about reality. It's about truth. Like we want to be people of reality. We've been living in unreality. We've been always hiding from reality, fleeing from reality, fleeing from the moment. And we want to become people who have a taste for reality. Like, Lord, I want to, I want the story that you're trying to give me. I don't want to be a person, this character who's resisting the pen of the author. I, I, I want to now live the story that you've been wanting me to live. And certainly, if that involves a miraculous healing of some wound or defect, great. You know, but whatever that looks like, whatever that process of healing, that adventure takes, like, I, I'm convinced that your plan is better than my plan. And I'm done trying to do my plan. And so I'm ready for your plan, whether that takes a day or a month or a year or the rest of my life. I'm here for it. I'm showing up. I'm here for it today, whatever that looks like today. Um, and so that's a, that's a different way of coming towards mm. reality, even coming towards God's will. I, one of my favorite essays by... Uh, Dr. Peter Kreeft is how to win the culture war, but it's really, it's all about you know God's calling us to be saints. That's the one thing that the world needs is people who are fully conformed to Christ, fully given over to Christ. They're in 100%. And one of the things he says near the end of that article is that you need to give everything to God, even your, your plans for becoming a saint, like, even the way that you thought this was going to play out, even the, the, this image you had of yourself as this holy Christian who's going to look so good. Like, no, you're even giving that over. Lord, yes. it, it'll look the way it looks because I'm... I'm walking with you. I'm allowing you to now uh, be the director of this story. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes that's beautiful. And I think that the humility comes in when, when I can say all of those beautiful things that, that you, you said so well and, and admit that there are days when I just, I'm just not there. I'm just not wanting to do that. Uh, a famous writer, I think it was Anne Lamott, says, you know, sometimes uh, uh, she tries to be spiritual, you know, she tries to live a God-honoring life, and then some days... Uh, all she thinks about is sex, and she hates everybody. <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> she is funny, and she's honest. And I'm like, yes, I'm the only yes. one in the world who I'm. I, you know, I thought I was the only one in the world who who woke up in the morning and I hated everybody, and all I thought mm -hmm. about was sex. And then I realized, no, there's another believer out there who does it. And somehow that gives me permission to admit that that's just where I'm at that day, right? And I can take that to the Lord. I can humbly. Ask God to remove that shortcoming to hate every of hating everybody, and that all I am driven is by my lust. Right. And Jesus, is like, it's, thank you for being honest. Right? Yeah. I don't want to stay there. We, just being honest. <laughs> right. We have this this phrase in Catholicism, usually connected to an examination of conscience or or the sacrament of reconciliation, of the the near occasion of sin. Right. Like I'm going to avo avoid. I'm going to try to avoid sinning by God's grace, but also to try to avoid those near occasions where I know they're going to get me into trouble, the near occasion of sin. Well, in a, in a weird, you know, holy way, this is sort of like turning that on its head in the sense of even my sins can, can become occasions for humility and grace. You know, before they were occasions for discouragement. They were occasions for, you know, fleeing from God, hiding in the garden, you know, with a, with a, a palm branch over my nethers or whatever, you know, the, the Adam and Eve scenario. You know, or they were occasions for uh, placing a tight, more tight hold on the steering wheel, 
more, uh, there were occasions for me relying on myself more, feeling more mm -hmm. convinced mm -hmm. that I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Mm -hmm. I just have to try harder. That's the mm -hmm. secret to spiritual life. I just have to try harder. Yes. And now we can look at them differently and say, no, even when I fall short, that's an occasion to, to be reminded that I am powerless without God's grace to be reminded yeah. of how great God is and how weak I am yeah. and how much I need his healing. There, there are occasions for us to fall deeper into the theological virtues, yeah. you know, the faith, hope, and love of God, so that by his grace, yes, we're able to live more virtuously, but only by his grace. And so all the occasions, all the, all the things that were, again, previously occasions for, for greater self-reliance, greater pride, mm -hmm. can now be occasions for humility. And again, as we said at the beginning, mm -hmm. that humility, it seems to be this really key turning point in the gospel for those who accept Christ's mm -hmm. healing, those who have conversions, those who really go on to become disciples that stick with him, and those who, who just can't really hear what Jesus is trying to say. Mm -hmm. And it is humiliating when, uh, and I mean this in a good way, it is humiliating uh, sometime uh, when I fall, and, and it is only in the fall that then I, by grace, I realize I was trying to do this all on my own. Yeah. That's why, and so this is, I did this again. I said an unkind word to a brother or sister in Christ again. Why? Uh, because I was relying on my own strength. I had not claimed the victory in Christ uh, that is uh, one for me at the cross, uh, and I was relying on my own strength. You know, the Adam and Eve story, God, God uh, the story says, um, I created, we, we created man and woman in our image. That's the storyline. And then, and then the devil comes along, the serpent comes along, and tells Eve, uh, you can be like God. Well, wait a minute, that storyline's already been introduced. Right? Yeah. I've already been created. The, the sin was that Eve and then Adam wanted it on their terms, not on God's. You see? Right. And so when I try to live my life on my terms, I inevitably fall. When I try to live, when I try, to live my life on God's terms, I inevitably succeed for a little bit because we have in the Catholic tradition that notion that our sins are forgiven and yet the wound of concupiscence or that, that leaning towards sin remains. And if I'm not spiritually fit on any particular day, uh, yeah. I may in fact give in to that. And that's, that can be, that's very humbling to realize that without God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Yeah. But with God, I'm a son of the Father. Right. Or the women listening with God, right? They are daughters of the King. Yeah. If I first admit I'm nothing without Him. I think on a previous episode, Father Peter and I, when we were working through the virtues, we talked a bit about there, there's an interesting uh, contrast in the spiritual life between um, the vices of pride and despair, which are are linked in important ways. Pride and despair, on the one hand, and then on the on the on the other hand, by contrast, the virtues of humility and magnanimity. Hmm. So, humility, as we've been talking about, is this 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 embracing of the truth of who God is and who I am. 
And then the virtue of magnanimity is this acceptance of God's upward call, this acceptance of God's calling me to do, like he's calling me to do something great with my life. But that virtue can only grow out of humility. And humility is not despair. Again, sometimes people, when they think of humility, they have a goofy idea. They think of, oh, I'm, I'm, they're, they're thinking of it purely in a negative, like the person who is despairing, who's discouraging, the, per, the person who, like Judas, will not uh, accept God's forgiveness, who will not flee to him for healing. It's the person who goes off and hides in a corner and they, they can't. Um, that's not what humility is. Humility is, is accepting the truth of who God is and who I am. And the truth of who God is, is both that he is the creator and he's just, and that I'm a sinner, but also that he's merciful, and he's a, the great healer, and that he loves us. You know, humility accepts that whole truth. It doesn't just pick and choose. It mm. tries to accept the whole truth. And so, again, what we get is this contrast where we have pride goeth before the fall, mm-hmm. you know, whether in our sins or in our successes, where if the turn is to pride, well, then ultimately it's going to lead back down to despair. Whereas if, if our, even our occasions of sin or I'm sorry, even if our sins become occasions of humility and those moments when, hey, I was able to be kind today, that's awesome, become occasions for humility and gratitude, it's in there that we see in the saints that there, that a holy magnanimity is able to be mm. instilled by God. He is able to call us to do some awesome things, but it's only if we remain firmly rooted and planted in humility. And so that even, again, both our sins as well as those moments when we're able to do good by God's grace become occasions for greater humility, that's where the Lord can build on that mm-hmm. place of humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to build on that. That's just that's just beautiful. I mean, that, that magnanimity is that what you said? That magnanimity of God. Yeah. It's just that. That's I love the word. I, I'm, oh, speaking yeah. of words, right? So humility isn't the etymology of humility. Is it humus? Yeah. Is that the right word? Does humus not mean rich soil? Yes. Yeah. Am I making that up? Nope, that's right. Even, even if I'm making it up, it sounds good. It's so close. It's that rich <laughs> soil within which God grows me more and more, returns me more and more into his likeness and image. Right? Yeah. It's that tending of the garden of the soul by Christ the gardener, right? Um, yeah. Uh, that makes me more and more, uh, again, like Christ, uh, and at the same time, to become who I fully am. Uh, and asking God to remove my defects of character, again, is just asking God to remove these things, to weed the garden, to weed the garden so that something beautiful can be grown for God. Yeah. And uh, that's something oh, more... <clears throat> On any given day, given my spiritual condition for that day, I'm more or less willing to engage in that process of humbly asking God to remove it, and that's just the reality. I'm not a, um, you know, the twelve-step programs say um, uh, we, we are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Right? We are not saints yet. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm willing to grow along spiritual lines, my relationship with God and with other people and myself are pretty darn good. Uh, when I'm not willing to grow along spiritual lines and I have those days, uh, they don't go so well. 
Yeah. And yet that, again, is an opportunity to come before the throne and to say, like the publican, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. You know, from a place of, um, of being convinced of our own righteousness, from a place of pride, from a place of self-satisfaction, um, we, we look at the world and we look at our future and we look at the possibilities ahead of us, even the possibilities for doing good, in a particular way. That's all through the lens of my, myself, my power, what I'm able to actually do. When we throw all that off through this process and we, tr- and we try to embrace humility, who God is, who I am, we've, we've fully given over uh, control to, the, to, to our Lord. Uh, we've, we've made the list. We've prepared ourselves. We have in humility in a new renewed way asked him to remove these defects of character from this place of rooted humility. Now we can begin to look ahead with a different eye. You know, we can, with, a, with an openness of freedom, like, Lord, I, I had a certain ways in which I, I saw things playing out, certain things that were open and available to me, certain paths when I was thinking of things on my terms. Now that's all open. It's all, it's all, uh, back on the table now. And that's as we, you know, next week we'll dig more into steps eight and nine, which gets real practical about, okay, all those wounds, all those, all those things that I dug up and written down, there are now real opportunities for the spiritual works of mercy. People I can go visit, I can go apologize to, uh, relationships I can amend, maybe not fix completely, but I can do some good. And it may be some good that I never considered before when, again, I was evaluating life on my terms. But now, hey, all bets are off. Lord, what are the ways in the relationships in my life that you're calling me to do something great? You know, something something different that I never could have considered before. That's kind of what we're going to get to next. But again, it's in this context of humility that we're going to allow God to lead us to, 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 to do some good. Maybe some good we never imagined being able to do before. And again, the paradox of the spiritual life is that uh, often when I hear do something great, I think about being president or what, and the the spirit, the the paradox is that doing something great in terms of the gospel might very well be serving the poor, taking the lowest. Well, Jesus said that, right? You want to be great? Become a servant. Right. Right. He said that like, well, that's, that sounds kind of crazy. And yet once, once we are given the opportunity by grace to practice that, uh, most of us, maybe all of us, certainly I realize Jesus is on to something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus is on to something here. I think I should be listening more often to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but speaking there, the, 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 uh, the opposite of, of humility is pride. I think maybe we've already touched upon that. I don't know about you, John Mark, or anybody who's listening or watching, but I'm, I'm getting fairly good at catching myself interiorly when I real I begin to realize I'm working from a place of pride. And the only way that I know how to describe it is that my it's to use a biblical term, my heart becomes hardened hmm. to the person or the people or the topic in front of me. And I realize I am not dealing with this well. I am not dealing with this uh, as a as a disciple. I'm dealing with this, to use an old-fashioned term, uh, from the flesh, right? The old man in me has kicked in. He's taken over, and that's why my heart is beginning to harden. 
And humility is just the opposite that if I can, by grace, allow God to tend that garden and listen with an open heart and a loving gaze, right, uh, to the other person, uh, things turn out, if they don't turn out better, at least they don't turn out worse. Or even if they do turn out worse, so we never come to any kind of agreement or whatever, we still, you and I may still have a divergent opinion on this, that, or the other. I, I don't hold it against you. Uh, I don't have to be, I don't have to be right. I don't have to be right in this. I may, I may be right, but I don't have to be. And right. so I can just humbly listen to say, well, you're in a different place, right? Yeah. Uh, and this is not the end of the conversation. This is an ongoing, uh, we have an ongoing dialogue about this, that, or the other. Uh, but we don't just, just, yeah, just let it go, right? Just allow yeah. the other person to have the last word. <laughs> allow the other person to be wherever he or she is on their journey. God is working in their lives as well as he's working in mine. Uh, And any any one of us is more or less open to that on any given day. Uh, And so uh, it's just that in itself, when I think about that, I think of how humbling that is to me, how often I've tried to win win a conversation, win an argument. And when I didn't, again, going back to what I said in the beginning, uh, I feel my heart harden. And it's like, well, that's that's just no way to no way to live as a disciple, right? Right. <clears throat> when Jesus met the, the when the young man came to the rich young man came to Jesus and said, uh, "What can I do to, to eternal life? Right to gain eternal life?" and Jesus clicked off some of the commandments, and the guy said, "I've done all these things." And at some point in the on the story, Jesus it says. Jesus looked at him with love. Yeah. That's really with somebody I if you're doing something wrong and you ask me a question and I give you the answer and you don't follow through I there are times when I do not look at you in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is, right? Uh because of my own woundedness, you know. Uh, so anyway, humbly asking God to remove our defects of character is a huge thing. It's a huge thing for me anyway, and it's an ongoing journey. Yes, ongoing. An ongoing journey of transformation to become more and more into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. And I'm up for it today. On some days, I'm not. Thank God I can go to confession if it, if it gets really bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, admitting that I'm that I'm up for today is important, and admitting that I'm not up for it today is also important. So, anyway, good stuff, brother. <laughs> well, I will leave it there, and we'll pick up again next week with steps eight and nine. We may combine steps eight and nine. You know, they're dealing with the same general topic now of of ter- from this place of humility, launching out uh, in a new way, open open to the Lord's guidance. How might He be calling us to? to make amends, to, to heal, to, to serve in ways that maybe we weren't even open to before, but now we might be. 
So it'll be it'll be good. Thanks, brother, for this conversation, and thank you for joining us for this conversation here on Deep in Christ. Again, uh, be more be part of the conversation. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast channel, or if you're a member of the uh, the Coming Home Network online community at community.chnetwork.org, we'd love to know uh, what you're thinking, what your what your responses are, what how how are if you're kind of walking through these steps in your spiritual life. What insights are you gleaning that you could share with us? We'd love to hear it. Um, again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. If you are someone who has become Catholic or you're thinking about becoming Catholic or you're just asking questions about about the bigger picture of Christianity that maybe that you hadn't seen before, this is your community of people. We'd love to a- answer your questions or just walk along with you. We don't have all the answers, but we want to walk, walk along with you and be led by our Lord Jesus Christ to the fullness of that he wants to give all of us. And so check that out at chnetwork.org. Again, thank you for joining us for this discussion. God bless you. We'll see you next week.